When you podcast as a passion project, you need to have a why that keeps you going. When you podcast with the intent of turning it into a business, you need a plan to generate income to support the work. When you podcast in support of your existing business, you need, well, it depends on your business. But whatever your business is and however your show supports it, you need to know that what you're doing is working. So the question we should all be asking ourselves is, what is my podcast supposed to be doing for my business? In a perfect world, that's an easy question to answer, and you have clear data to back that answer up. In this world, most company podcasts are doing a lot of things right and also a few things wrong. While it's plainly a successful enough project to keep going, it can be really, really hard to figure out exactly why that is. But it is possible to identify the specific ways that your podcast is generating value for your business and track exactly how much value every month, which gives you the clarity that you need to make decisions about it. And that's what we're talking about today. This is The Company Show, a podcast for business owners and marketing managers whose podcast is just one of the many, many things that they need to do every day. I'm Megan Doherty, one of the creators of podcastingforbusiness.com, and in this show, I am sharing the results of our years of experience working with company podcasts and our original industry research. I'm also talking to experts and company podcasters who have incredible insights and case studies about how to get the most out of your podcast as efficiently as possible. So if this is your first episode, welcome, and if it's not, welcome back. Here's the show. All right, so let's talk about effective value measurement for podcasts. There's three steps to making this work. First is identify the most important overarching goal of your podcast. It's usually going to be one of the business podcast blueprints. Those are thought leadership, relationship building, audience engagement, conversions, or content. This is the overarching reason that you're podcasting and the most important role it plays within your company. Although, of course, it can play other roles and you can get other kinds of value out of it. This is just the one that guides most of your strategic decision making. Step two is figuring out the specific outcomes that indicate how well your podcast is meeting that overarching goal and assigning metrics that you have really good clarity about how the work that you're doing in planning, recording, producing, and promoting your show is actually working towards achieving that goal. And three is, of course, to regularly track that metric that you've just assigned and optimize your podcast so that it more easily gets you more of that outcome that you want. And then, of course, you just do it again for every single different way that your podcast is creating value for your company easy, right? Well, it's easy to say, of course, doing it when you're six months or a year into production and there's always something running late and there's always somebody who needs something and there's always something else going on in the business that you need to handle is something else entirely. So let's run through a couple of examples now so that you can get a solid idea of how this process works. We're going to start with an audience engagement show. This is a type of podcast that I think is frequently overlooked in favor of the exponential possibilities of a relationship building show or the exciting outward-facing nature of a thought leadership one. But you've heard the adage, I'm sure, that it's easier to sell more to an old customer than it is to get a new one. And by the same token, it's easier to nurture a relationship with someone who knows your name than to make a fresh introduction and tell them who you are and what you're about. And that's where audience building podcasts really, really shine in helping to nurture audiences, new listeners, potential clients, customers, partners, to get to know you and your work better. So shows with an audience engagement blueprint exist primarily to engage people who are already aware of you. Maybe it's clients or email subscribers, social media fans and followers, could be listeners that you have already, or it could be traffic that's entering your orbit from other strategies like paid search or PR campaigns. So let's say that company A has this as their main overarching purpose. They want to engage and nurture people who, by whatever means, know who they are. The outcomes that are going to tell them that it's working might be getting input and feedback from listeners on topics that matter to them to better inform, you know, future content creation plans. 
And it could also be less time spent on customer service because customers are being served and educated by the show, which means that people don't need to do it manually. So now we have to assign metrics to those outcomes so that it's really easy and clear to see on a month-to-month basis how well the show is doing at improving those metrics for the company. For getting feedback and input, Company A has created different web pages or playlists for each of their podcast subtopics so that people can easily access the content they're most interested in. And the traffic to those pages and the downloads from those playlists are going to provide the data about how much of their audience is interested in each one. This, again, is going to inform their future content-making decisions and make sure they're not wasting time creating content that no one is going to use. For an example of this in action, check out Amy Porterfield's online marketing made easy landing page. We'll link to it in the show notes. And among many, many strategically excellent things that you'll see on this page, there's a section towards the bottom where you can choose different topics and immediately see episodes relating to it that you can click through, which is providing that juicy data about audience interest. Now, for the customer service metric, company A probably already has an idea of how much time they're spending per client on customer service each month. And they've created podcast episodes and segments to specifically address the common concerns and problems that their clients and customers have. Then they've trained their team members to provide those segments and episodes to customers encountering those concerns so they don't have to do everything fresh for every client every time. The change in the amount of time spent on customer service over time is going to tell them how well their content is helping educate and serve the customers. So to review that process, we identified the important overarching goal, audience engagement, figured out the specific outcomes, time spent on customer service, and topics that were most interesting to the. So to recap that, we identified the most important overarching goal, which was audience engagement, connecting with an audience that was already somehow aware of company A. They figured out the specific outcomes that indicate how well the podcast is meeting that goal. In this case, it was getting input from the audience on what topics were the most interesting and important to them, and saving time on customer service. And now that they have these really clear metrics to track, the downloads and site traffic to the subtopic pages and playlists, and the time spent on customer service, that's a metric that they can track every month and optimize their show to do a better job at providing. So now let's look at how we might follow this process for a relationship building show. Relationship building podcasts are ones that exist primarily as a networking tool so that the companies who run them can meet the types of people who will be great additions to their professional network for reasons like becoming clients, referral partners, co-promoters, collaborators, and all the other good things that come from knowing lots and lots of great people. So Company R specifically wants their podcast to be a source of new networking partners that will refer business to them and that will result in invitations to appear on other podcasts and increase their overall reach and relationship building capability. So let's assign metrics to these outcomes and then figure out how to track them. Some metrics can be found pretty easily, like the website traffic and download numbers we looked at before. But in other cases, things need to be a little more manual. That's just the nature of this particular beast. So for those new business referrals, Company R is going to need to keep track of how many referrals each of their guests on the podcast sends them every month. And over time, look for patterns in the type of guest that was the most interested in making those referrals. And maybe take action to solidify and improve the relationship with the guest to make sure that they stay top of mind with them and that relationship continues to grow and, of course, be mutually beneficial. One of the ways they might do this is tracking email introductions from the different guests and asking new leads on discovery calls how they found out about the company. This is, of course, a good practice anyway, but the key here is to keep a regularly updated document with the information so that it's easy to see how much business each podcast guest is sending your way. We've got a little screenshot of how you might track this in an episode guide or a stats tracking document. We'll link that for you in the show notes. Now, to 
track your invitations to guests on other podcasts, you do have to make sure that you're interviewing enough guests who also have their own podcasts or have connections to the type of podcast that you'd like to be on. And then you want to add a request or suggestion about a possible episode to them to some part of your guest management workflow, possibly during the call recording where you're recording for your own show or part of your follow-up or second steps after having that recording. Then, just like tracking for referrals, you need a central location to keep track of the guest opportunities that result from the interviews that you host on your own show. So to recap that for the relationship building podcast of Company R, the most important overarching goal of the podcast is relationship building to develop new contacts. The specific outcomes that are going to indicate how well the show is doing that is referrals for new business from past guests, and also opportunities that are generated from podcast interviews to be a guest on other people's podcasts. And we're going to track those outcomes by keeping track of the referral introductions that we get by email and by asking new business how they found out about you in the company and also recording that in your central location. For the guest opportunities, it's going to be exactly the same. You're going to keep track in some central location which guest you had was able to introduce you to which opportunities that you were then able to pursue to be a guest on other people's podcasts. It's a little bit of manual work, but having that kind of data is a really clear way to demonstrate the value of your show, either to know it for yourself or to communicate with your team or to help you decide whether or not this is a project that you can continue to invest in or whether you need to pivot towards creating another type of value with the podcast or maybe podcasting is not the thing you want to continue doing right now. Before we move on, I do want to make a point about something really important when it comes to the strategic elements of relationship building. And of course, it's fine to approach relationship building from a strategic mindset, but it needs to be done with one important thing in mind. The relationship is the important part. And even when you have those specific goals and metrics that you need to achieve for the outcomes that you want, you've got to remember to put the human first. And on the topic of doing exactly that, Tipa D'Souza, the content superman who has decades of experience with podcasting, with tech, with SEO, with, with all sorts of online activity, sometimes known as the SEO super sleuth, has some really great things to say about it. And he was one of the presenters at last fall's Podcasting for Business conference. And he gave the most amazing presentation all about using podcasting as a tool to generate new relationships and podcasts in your industry. He primarily talked about doing this when you are a guest on someone else's podcast, but it works the same way when you have guests onto your own. It was an amazing talk and he had one particular tip that I wanted to share with you today. Again, this is specifically about preparing to be a guest on someone else's podcast, but when you listen, you will immediately see how it can be applied to the guests that you have on your own show as well. Number three, we build a dossier of the host and the show. Now, what does that mean? It means we do a little bit of stalking, y'all. Yeah, we do. We get on social media and we find out about the host. We find out things that they love. We find out how old the show is some of the past guests, et cetera, et cetera. If the host is married, if they have a business, how does the show and their business relate to each other? We build all of this out in a dossier, which then I review five to 10 minutes before just to remind myself who this person is. So I don't end up in that situation I was in before back in January, who this person is and what's important to them. I absolutely love this idea and I love this whole presentation. So if you would like to hear Atiba's whole strategy for this and that thing that happened to him back in last January, you should grab a copy of the recordings of the Podcasting for Business conference at pfbcon.com. So the principle at play here, taking the time to get to know the person that you're talking to and what they care about 
is a really, really worthy way to invest your podcast and relationship building time, no matter what your specific goals are. If you have guests on your podcast, spending this kind of time and effort getting to know the people that you're actually talking to is going to make it easier to reach your goals of any kind. Now, obviously, there is a lot of work that goes into thinking about your podcast this way. There's strategy and infrastructure required to make it all happen and nuances that are going to be unique to you and your company. But if you're willing to learn that strategy and do that work, your podcast is going to generate much, much more value for your business. And perhaps more importantly, you're going to be able to see it happening and have clarity on what is working and what isn't. And since we're talking about clarity, I wanted to share some of the insights that my team and I gleaned from last year's State of Business podcasting report. There was lots of interesting detail, and we're going to be exploring it in such amazing depth over the next few months. But there were three particular takeaways that I think can make a really big difference to your strategy right away. So we wanted to make sure to get them in the first episode we're releasing this year. So as you probably know, every year we pull a list of the top 100 podcasts and evaluate them in about 70 different criteria to help establish trends and baseline best practices for those podcasting in support of a business. And there were three particularly interesting takeaways this year. First is in social media promotion. And we kind of found that for the first time since we've been doing this report, and it's our fourth year, we're really seeing quality over quantity when it comes to social media promotions of episodes. So both the number of social media channels used by the top 100 podcasts and the frequency of posting on them were down on most channels. This seems to indicate that podcasters were not really finding the ROI in aggressive and broad social media posting. Although, of course, there are still plenty of daily and multiple daily posting schedules, but it is less than in previous years. The overall frequency of posting and the number of channels being posted on, it's just down. The exception to this is LinkedIn, which saw modest growth in the number of shows using it, but a significant increase in posting frequency. Daily posts on LinkedIn have increased from 10 to 22% of the shows using the platform, and multiple posts per week have increased from 11% to 28 So if you're looking at your promotional strategy for your podcast in 2024, Consider adding LinkedIn if you're not using it already and cutting down the number of other social media channels that you're using and posting longer, more in-depth, possibly more valuable posts on the ones that you do want to keep using because you've got great relationships and great traction on them. So number two, hooks are out. Hooks, sometimes called a sizzle clip, is a clip or a portion from the interior of an episode played at the beginning before the intro and the hello and the other opening matter for the podcast. Now, a couple of years ago, more than half of the shows that we evaluated used Hook, but that number has been in really steep decline. And now, only about 20% of the shows are using one in that format with the Hook, then the produced intro, and then the welcome. Another 10% use a host-recorded episode intro in the place of a Hook, and this trend might increase. But more than either of those, or both of those combined, more shows are doing intros like the one that we had in this episode that was live with music, a little bit of a kind of personally read intro, and then into the body of the content with less of a produced intro and kind of less formality around the top of the show. So there's lots of different reasons why this could be happening, but my best theory for why it's happening is the popularity of short form video. So the shorts, reels, and TikToks with great moments from the episodes could be serving the function of a hook in introducing the topic and teasing the value of the episodes. If you promote via short form video clips, consider removing the hook from your episodes and getting into the content more quickly. If you're not using short form video, then you might still want to consider using a hook or replacing it with a specific episode intro with you personally teasing the content of the episode and why it's going to be important at the very top of your show. Number three is podcast networks. There was a big jump this year in the number of the top shows that were part of podcast networks, 51 to 66%. So there are lots of different kinds of networks that we saw. There were topical, 
These are networks composed of shows that are either produced by the network or independently, but all around a single theme. Broadcast, and that's news and other types of organizations that release using a podcast format along with other media types. And then content networks, which is companies whose sole purpose is creating and releasing content that is not necessarily theme restricted, but they make most of their own content internally. So one of the bigger benefits of being in a podcast network is the promotion and cross-promotion and collaboration within the network that is possible. There's an existing audience for the network and each show within it has its own existing audience that can be shared as well. I think this is why there are so many in the top 100 really close to their launch date. They had a lot of different support from the network itself and from the individual shows within that network supporting and propping up their launch that they got those really good numbers and established their own audience right off the bat. This is a benefit that you can mimic as an independent podcaster by collaborating with other shows for cross promotions. This might be another thing that you want to talk to your guests about or even ask your audience for insight into shows that they think would make a great collaboration. So there is so much more fun detail in this year's report, and I invite you to check it all out at podcastingforbusiness.com. Something we've got planned for future episodes is deep dives into specific data points that we looked at for the top 100, as well as breakdowns of some of the shows who make up the list and like the particularly cool things that they are doing. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I'd love to hear what you're most interested in. So on podcastingforbusiness.com, you can use any contact form to send us a message to let us know what you would like to know. And while you're there, you might want to check out the Business Podcast Accelerator. This is a brand new service from the team at One Stone Creative, where we will work with you to identify the metrics like we've talked about today that will matter the most to you in your business, then support you in tracking and analyzing them every month. We'll help you review your content, optimize your show to get more good outcomes for your business, and provide on-demand email and voice support that you can use anytime if you ever get stuck so little problems do not become big ones. All of this is meant to complement your current workflows for planning, production, and promotion. We're really excited about it. I hope it's really exciting to you. And you can find out about it at podcastingforbusiness.com slash accelerator. So thank you for being here with me this week. The company show is produced by One Stone Creative. And the best way you can support the show is by telling someone about it. Next week, I'm talking to Meredith Grundy, a speaker, director, actor, and coach with an absolute passion for helping people elevate their performance. And she shares so many great tips on being a good presenter and a good host, increasing your confidence and your presence when you're on the mic or on camera. Here's a quick preview for you. One thing I like to do with the guests before we even start the podcast is build some rapport before we even hit record. So to build in that time, where I have a co-host and the three of us will go around the room and ask, what is your intention for our time together today? So then that gives them time to think and it gives them time to share. And then my co-host and I also get to share. It was a fabulous conversation and I can't wait for you to hear all of it. So make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast listening app and we'll be back next week. 